Okay. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Today's message is entitled, The Most Important Prayer That a Believer Can Pray. The most important quest in one's life, I believe, is to identify God's will and do it. Life can often be like a treasure hunt. We are in a constant search for treasure and riches in our relationships, in our jobs, in a career, the moments that we treasure, because we think that they will add value to us, they will add happiness to us. So life is sometimes like a treasure hunt. So we learn to develop desires for a career. We learn to desire a lifestyle, hobbies, things to do, things to achieve, places to go, people to become friends with, because that's what we think is our life's purpose. But for the believer, I believe there's nothing as important as doing the will of God. That must be our treasure hunt while we are living on this earth. Because connected to that treasure hunt is the greater treasure of heaven's riches that awaits us. I'm not saying that you will not go to heaven if you do not do God's will. Going to heaven is dependent on our faith in Christ and His grace for us on the cross. Amen. However, there are rewards that are connected to whether we do God's will here on the earth. So, the quest to fulfill God's will on the earth is connected to the real treasure awaiting you in heaven. That's the treasure hunt that must move our hearts. But some of you may say, but pastor, I do not want to be motivated by, by reward. I do not want to be motivated by my selfish desires for rewards in heaven. Granted, it's true. God doesn't want us to be motivated only by rewards. He wants us to be motivated by a love for Him. However, He says in His Word that there are still rewards. He wants you to be motivated by love for Him. But yet, there are rewards for you. In fact, the Bible says that there are five crowns. Five crowns. I believe there are more rewards. The Bible mentions five crowns for believers. The imperishable crown. The crown of rejoicing. The crown of righteousness. The crown of glory. The crown of life. And these crowns are not for every believer. It is for believers that have passed certain tests, fulfilled certain responsibilities on the earth. So early on in my Christian life, I sought God wholeheartedly for His will in my life. The correct career choice, whether I should go to Bible school and where I should go to Bible school, who to marry and so on. The right place to start ministry. I always sought God wholeheartedly. And as I walked with God and I've matured over the years, I've always sensed the invisible hand of God guiding my choices, directing my life. Sometimes things did not go as expected. Things did not go as I desired. I wanted to stay back in America and study more and probably do ministry there, but God wanted me to come back. When I started out ministry, I did not want to be a pastor. The pastor was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to start out as an evangelist during crusades, but God had other plans. I was 
almost married to other people. But God had other plans. Come to say, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So I learned early on that despite whatever thoughts, plans I may have, if I will submit to the Lord, if I will commit my ways to the Lord and seek God's will, God changes my heart's desires. God puts me in the path of His purposes. And that's why the quest for God's purpose, God's will in your life is so important. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 before we go to Ephesians. And I will read it out from the message translation. It will be up there on your screen. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own with questions like, why? Okay? Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So with all the desires that you have, trust in the Lord. Commit in prayer. Because as I prayed every step and journey of my life, God changed my hearts, my desires. And sometimes there was a wall where I was walking in and God brought another door along the way. And as I learned to just flow and submit with Him, He has brought me to where I am today. Hallelujah. Even today, my greatest desire remains to always do the will of God till the end of my journey here on the earth. You know, the voice of God speaks to us in different ways. Through the Word of God, through the sermon, in the stillness of your heart, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, through the advice of people, the counsel of your elders, pastors, even through books, messages that you are listening online. Or God can even speak to you through divine means such as dreams and visions and prophecies. But all the different ways God may speak to you, it begins in prayer. It begins in the place of prayer. So prayer is so important for a believer because it is communion with God. It is you with your petitions and whatever you want to share to the Lord, but it's also listening to what God wants to say. So it's a dialogue. Prayer is a place where my relationship with God is built. My faith in Him and His promises and my character is formed. Prayer is the gateway to the kingdom of God and the realities of the spiritual realm. Prayer is the place where God's activity in our lives begin, where He molds my heart, removes life's greatest distractions and wrong desires, and prepares our hearts and minds to be attentive to the voice of God. Prayer is essential, absolutely essential for the believer. It is like breathing. You cannot survive your Christian journey on this earth without prayer. And it is in the place of prayer that you will discover in time, as you spend time with God, your will will align with God's will. God's will and your will may be separate right now, but in the place of prayer, it will begin to align to His purposes. And there you will discover your true calling in life and also the joy of serving God. You will discover that in the place of prayer. So let me ask you this question. Have you discerned the will of God in your life? Are you in need of direction and guidance for your life? 
many of you came for prayer just for that particular need. So today I want to teach you from Scripture the most important prayer that you can ever pray as a believer. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now this is what we call a Spirit-inspired prayer. This is a prayer that Paul prayed regularly that is recorded in the Scriptures by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That means this is a prayer that the Holy Spirit gave Paul to pray for believers. This is the prayer God wants you to pray. Amen. It is specifically recorded in Scripture, meaning this is so important. And Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. In other words, Paul prayed this regularly for all his converts. In Asia Minor, in Corinthians, in Thessalonica, in Ephesus, he was always praying this prayer for the believers. He did not stop. He continually prayed this prayer. That means you must also pick this prayer up and pray this over your life. Hallelujah. Now, if you study the scriptures, Paul doesn't give us instructions on how to pray for healing, how to pray for deliverance, how to even pray for provision. He doesn't give us instructions. But as you read this prayer, you will understand why. Because this prayer is the key to understanding the faith for all of those blessings that you want in your life. Now, for a believer who is born again recently, you may be thinking, the most important prayer for me is to cast out this fear from my life. The most important prayer for me is to overcome this cigarette habit. You may be thinking that it's that, but it's not that. This is the prayer. That if you will pray, will God begin to work in those areas where you think the need is. This goes right to your heart. Okay? All right. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The first point, the knowledge of Him. He's praying that God would give to those believers. God would give the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation in the knowledge of God. See, prayer is more than a transactional experience. It is more than bringing petitions and receiving your answers. Prayer is supposed to be relationship. It's supposed to be intimacy. Can you say amen? Prayer, the first purpose of prayer is to enter into an intimate relationship with God. That's why the first thing that Paul mentions is, I'm praying that you would know God. I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will come to know God. That is the greatest need in your life, to know God. But I'm already a Christian. Yeah, you may be a Christian, but you may not know God. There's a sad tragedy of being a Christian in Nagaland where it's all culture and tradition, and people don't know God. I'll tell you, the majority of Christians in Nagaland do not know God. And that's why prayer becomes so important. Let me read this out to you in the Amplified Bible. I always pray 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight. Deep, personal, not through your pastor's testimonies. Your own testimonies must come. An intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him, the true knowledge of God. This intimacy and knowledge must be pursued in prayer. And Paul says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He did not say the, the theology of wisdom and revelation. He did not say the intellectual understanding, the teaching of God. You know why? Because you may read books about God. You may even know that God is agape. And yet it is just head knowledge. Intellectual knowledge. But when the Holy Spirit, when the Bible uses the word spirit, it's talking about something that you receive on the inside. Spirit, you see, spirit is from the heart. The Holy Spirit resides within you. So God wants you to know deep within you a personal experience with Him that only the Holy Spirit can work in your heart as you pray. This is more than books. This is more than going to a Bible school. This is more than theology. This is more than listening to messages. This is talking about a personal revelation that God will give you in your heart by the Spirit as you spend time with Him in prayer. See, there was a time that I thought I knew God because I read so much about Him. Theological books. I, I knew the characteristics of God. He's Almighty God. He's Jehovah. He's El Shaddai. He, he's Healer. He's the God of love. He's Almighty God. He's Father God. I knew all of those things. But let me tell you this. That head knowledge did not have value in my personal day-to-day -day life. It did not even add power to me because my heart was still filled with anger, hatred, bitterness. Amen? Fierce. But this is a prayer. I pray continually. And the Lord began to work in my heart. I remember the time when I was in the conference and I went and it was after a season of constant praying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I'm hungry for you. And I went up to receive prayer and this person prays for me and I fall to the floor and I began to weep and I began to weep. It's a weeping that came from deep within my heart and it was like I was flooded with the love of God. It was like liquid love just flooding me and then I knew it. I knew it. When Paul says, he gives you the spirit of sonship by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Because then I knew it, what it means to be a son, what it means to be a loved by your father. Because I received the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The revelation that God is my father. Bang. But it was not like a sudden bang. It was a slow, gradual, popcorn type of bang. Oh. It was like an explosion from within me. And you know, guess what happened after that encounter in the place of prayer? Fears disappeared. Insecurities disappeared. Fear of the future, gone. Not only that, a heart to love people, even people who dislike me, hate me. A heart to love every church, every denomination. Be a blessing to the body of Christ. Where did that come from? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Father.
Only the Holy Spirit can do that work. Why do we have so many denominations criticizing other denominations? So many churches criticizing other churches. Competition. In Nagaland, why? It's because they don't know God. They don't know the Father. You may have a PhD, but you don't know God. If you hate another church. If you hate another denomination, you do not know God. You don't know the heart of God. God loves His church. Amen. That's why you need to pray this prayer. Because the revelation of God added power. It added value to my life. I don't want to gossip about people. I don't want to gossip about other churches. I don't want to talk bad about any man of God. Why? Because the revelation of God, it adds value where it changes my character. It changes my thought processes. But if we say we are Christians and we still lie, fight, cheat, steal, take from the government, it means we don't know God. That's why we need to pray this prayer. I pray this almost on a daily basis. Number two, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding, not your physical eyes, the eyes of your understanding. That means the eyes of your heart. Do you know that you have two types of eyes? You have your physical eye and you have your internal eye. Do you know that seeing from the internal eye is more important than seeing from your physical eye? Oh, I hope you get this revelation. I'm not saying that you have this middle eye like the other religion believe. No, I'm saying you have the eyes of the Spirit. It's from your heart. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Enlightened. The second point is this. Enlightenment. The second purpose of prayer. First, relationship, intimacy. Second purpose of prayer is this. It is a means for God to bring enlightenment into your life. Oh, you thought it was only about your food, your children's clothes, and education, and your husband not to smoke, drink, right? You thought that was the only purpose of prayer. <laughs> but prayer is a means for God to bring enlightenment into your life. Can you say amen? The word enlightenment here means understanding. It means to see what you cannot see. It means to illuminate. Like when you walk into a dark storeroom and you switch on the light, bam, you can see everything in that room. That's what it means. So it means that you can see, but there are many things you cannot see. Ah. Come on, look at your Bible, everyone. Lift it up. So that at least I know you brought the Bible. Okay, what do you see? You see a book. White pages, black letters. But what do you see? What do you see? There are depths of revelation in this book. Not just three dimensions, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. All the dimensions of the Spirit are in this book. There's wisdom here. There's life here. There's power. This is a gateway to the realms of heaven. This is a gateway to God. All the treasures that God wants you to possess on the earth is here. It is here. But what do you see when you get up in the morning and read your book? You see, prayer is a means for God to bring you to the knowledge of truth. And you encounter that in the place of prayer. 
Let's read it in the Amplified up there on the screen. I pray, this is what Paul prayed, the eyes of your heart, ah, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit. So it's not talking about physical light. It's not talking about reading a book. Light of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates within you. It's the work of the regeneration of the Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His active spiritual power is in us who believe. Enlightened to three things that I see here. Number one, the hope of His calling. God wants you to be enlightened to His calling. The word hope also means the expectation. That means there are certain expectations God has placed on your life. Are you a son of God? How many of you have children? Do you have expectations on your children? God has expectations placed on your life. It is called His calling, His purpose. You are here on the earth more than just to survive, more than just to go to church, more than just to be a believer. You are here to do the will of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, to do the will of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a will for every human being. God has a will for your life. Some of you here, you want to die. You want to give up. You want to just go and just live in sin. You're on the verge of giving up, but God has a purpose for your life. It is for good. Can you say amen? So that is life's greatest discovery after you're born again. To know the will of God and to do it. When you talk about God's will, there's a general will which is His will for all human beings. One of that we know in the book of Timothy, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The God's will for everyone. God has a genuine will for every believer. It's God's will for every believer to grow up mature in Christ. It's God's will for every believer to be involved in the preaching of the gospel. God's will for every believer, not only for pastors, every believer to be involved in the preaching of the gospel. So by giving to the Bible school, you're also being a part of that. Then there is what we call the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God will just come to pass no matter whether people believe in Him or not, whether people walk in His will or not. Sovereign will for nations, sovereign will for certain times in history, sovereign will for the end times. It will happen because God is the creator of the earth. He's the creator of time. They will surely come to pass. Jesus will reign a thousand years on this earth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Then we have what we call uh, the moral will of God. Everyone say the moral will. The moral will is revealed in scriptures. The Ten Commandments reveal to us the moral will of God. The instructions of Paul in the epistles to walk in love, uh, to obey your masters, to, to, to obey your parents. All of that is the moral will of God. For that, you don't have to pray. You don't have to pray. Should I pray whether to rob the bank or not? Uh, you don't have to pray. Right? Should I pray whether uh, I should get backdoor appointment or not? Duh. You don't need to pray there. It's a no from God. And don't say later on it's a blessing. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So that's the moral will of God. It's clearly revealed in Scripture. But the key thing here is the specific will of God. The specific will of God is God's will for your life. Your salvation is not dependent on that. However, the life choices you make, the career choices that you make, all determine your fruitfulness to God. It determines whether you fulfill God's purpose on the earth. So the specific purpose becomes very important. The decisions you make, the friends that you keep, the career choices. Amen. This is not set in stone. This can change. God can work in your life, even through your mistakes, where all things work together for good to those who love God. But yet, there must be this desire within us to constantly seek this will of God. And God can work together with us to fulfill this in our lives. This is part of a journey in God. Prayer is the place where God enlightens us of this, our calling. That our hearts may be enlightened to the hope of His calling. That you will know by the Spirit how, where God has called you. Because as you pray, God will put desires in your heart. He will remove desires. He will remove distractions. He will bring clarity. He will bring peace and confidence in your decisions. See, after I came back from Singapore, I was actually pursuing business. My father took me to Gohati. I met one of the big bank managers, and he already granted me a loan. So I was very excited. I was making my project. I was in a hotel in Guwahati watching TV, and my heart was telling me, you're not supposed to do business. There was no voice, no dream, no angels. You're, my heart was telling me, you are not called for business. There was no peace. So I was like, oh, what is it? What is it? And when I thought about ministry, there was this flood of peace. I was like, ministry? I think I'm called for ministry. But it was not a sudden enlightenment. It was days of prayer, months of just coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, what's your will in my life? But as I prayed more, as I prayed more, God removed the desires for business and God put the desires for ministry and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I realized, wow, I'm supposed to be in ministry. If there is a girl that you like or a guy that you like and you're not sure about it, go to God every day and say, Lord, if this is from you, let the desire in me increase. If this is not from you, take away my desire for this person. And you pray regularly. Give time to the Lord. Don't go running for prophecies saying, Oh, uh, can you please pray for me? And whatever vision you receive, please tell me. So quick. No? It's like fast food. The will of God. KFC. That's why we have KFC faith. You know, bloated up with no spiritual health. Fast food faith. Pray. Give time to the Lord. Lord, if this is a will, let it increase in my heart. If it is not, take away the desire for this person. And I tell you, it works because it worked for me. Hallelujah. Some of you have not been praying, see? Hallelujah. See, Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Turn to Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. I love this portion of Scripture. Epaphras. Epaphras was one of the people who accompanied Paul in his ministry. Who is one of you, a born servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Always laboring fervently. Three words, but so much is there. Epaphras, a minister with Paul in Colossae, 
Paul preached, new believers were established. God put in his heart a burden to pray for these new believers. So wherever Epaphras is, he's praying for the people in Colossae, the new believers. And he's always, always laboring. That means with all his heart, his soul, he's putting his energy fervently. It was not just a shallow prayer. Always laboring fervently for the believers in this church in Colossians. Praying for what? That they would have wives, they would have children, they would be blessed, or they would be very prosperous, healthy? No! Praying that they may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Yes, the blessed life is part of the will of God. But the will of God is greater than the blessed life because the blessed life is out of your obedience. So it's first choosing God's will. Doing God's purposes. And this man is praying so much for this group of believers. You know why? You know why? Do you want to know? Because you can miss God's purpose for your life. Even after you're born again, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, seeing visions and dreams, coming to the front, falling down, crying. You can be doing all of those things and still miss God's will completely. I'm not saying that it's so difficult to follow God. I'm not saying that. No. But you can be following your own desires. Hallelujah. That's why we need to commit to trust to the Lord with all the heart. Hallelujah. That's why there's a need to pray. To labor in prayers fervently in this area. Why? Because Satan doesn't want you to fulfill God's will in your life. Not only that, your flesh doesn't want to fulfill God's will in your life. Not only that, for some of you, your father and mother doesn't want you to do God's will in your life. Yes, your father and mother. Because they want you to become an ESU officer. Oh, uh, Pastor, what do you mean? Uh, ESU officer, not God's will? Not God's will for everyone. Come on now. DSP, not God's will for everyone. Government job, not God's will for everyone. See, did, when God made Nagaland, think in your mind, in your big mind. Well, big mind is like an oxymoron. <laughs> Just think in your mind. When God envisioned Nagaland, did He envision everyone in Nagaland as an ESC officer? Huh? He did not. Did God envision everyone in Nagaland having a government job? No, He did not. But the parents are. They are missing God's will. See, many times the good is the enemy of the best. Having a good desire for your son to be an officer is not bad, but it may be against the will of God. So there's a need to pray to seek God. Even to dedicate your children to the Lord and leave it to the Lord how the Lord guides them. Instead of saying, the eldest we have given to ministry. Did you ask the eldest when he was born? Whether he wants to go to ministry? Did you ask God? No, you didn't ask God. You did not ask the little baby also. You just decided the eldest we sent to ministry. So the, for the rest of his life, he has this guilt on his back. I did not go into ministry. I did not fulfill my parents' expectations. 
Amen. We have to trust God that God can work in their lives. See, the best prayer to pray is to pray this prayer for them. Just pray, Father, I pray that you will enlighten my son. Enlighten my son to the hope of his calling. And trust that God will work. Many wives pray, Lord, change my husband. They pray for five minutes and then act for one hour. Pray five minutes, God changed my husband, not for one hour. So they obviously trust more in themselves to change the husband than God. Yes or no? We nag our children, thinking we can change them, that we can do a better job than God. Hallelujah. Opposition comes even from what we think is good. See, not all decisions are black and white. Not all decisions are exactly good and bad. Many times, you have to choose between the good and the good and the good. How do you know? Because even the good can take you away from God's will. And that's why it comes out of a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is sent to guide you. The Holy Spirit is sent to be your teacher. And that's why you need to be filled with the Spirit. Pastor, where can I be filled with the Spirit? In the place of prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the place where Jesus begins to take the wheel and you let go and it begins to drive your life. Jesus, take the wheel. That song is there, right? Sometimes our Christianity is just a song. During a song time, we feel so emotional. Pastor, I really love this song. Oh, song is wonderful. Please bring the song to the office also. Please bring the song in your private day-to-day life. Hallelujah. See, from the beginning that we planted this church, we were always praying for the purpose of God for this church. And God began to reveal from the time when we were just 30, 40 nations, missionaries, churches, Bible school, God revealed. So we continue to pray the purposes of God. We continue to pray. So today, whatever we are doing to influence the world, the little ways, it's all because the calling of God upon our lives. Every church is called differently. I'm not trying to copy another church. I'm not trying to compete with other churches. I'm so busy just focusing on God's calling for our church. I have no time to compare with other churches. God bless them in what they do. If it's God's will, we can help one another. But I must just seek God's own purpose for this church and for my life. You see, when you know God's purpose for your life, when you see your friends accelerating in the career or being blessed, you will not get jealous. You will not compare with yourself because you know that you have your own path. You have your own path. And in that path is God's blessing for you. Not every one of you will be very rich financially. God will supply everyone over and above what the needs are. But some of you will be rich because it's part of God's destiny for you. But it's not for you. It's to give into the kingdom. Some of you will be in government. Some of you will be in business. Some of you will be in creative jobs. Some of you will just be there as a help, as a ministry of help to the church. But the greatest success of life is to fulfill God's purpose. Not the standards of men. Two houses, five cars, Important in society. That's the standard of man. The standard of God is, were you faithful? 
God's not going to say at the end of the age, well done, good and powerful servant. Well done, good and fashionable servant. That's for all the Instagram influencers. If you are here today, well done, good and faithful. Here is a crown of life. Here is a crown of rejoicing. I believe there are more. But the Bible mentions five crowns. Hallelujah. I'm not going to finish my message today. Because I want to get into prayer. Let me just give you the points. First, enlightened to the hope of His calling. Secondly, the riches of our inheritance in Christ. And healing, provision is included there. God wants to enlighten you to what is there in Christ. The name of Jesus. The authority of the believer. The blood of Jesus. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Angelic ministry. All of that is there for you and me. It's the riches of our inheritance. It's our privilege and right. Sadly, the majority of Christians never live lives enjoying their inheritance. It's not an inheritance when you die and go to heaven. It's an inheritance on the earth to use the name of Jesus, the authority that is there in the name of Jesus. The ministry of angels for you. The blood of Jesus covers and protects you. Provision, healing, peace, joy, victory. Enjoy that here. How? You need to be enlightened. There's a difference between reading a book about healing and the Holy Spirit exploring that revelation. The revelation is the key to transformation. The revelation is the key to possessing. So even as you read, pray for revelation. Even as you read, pray, 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 pray. Because the Holy Spirit will take that out of the Word and He will make it flesh in you. He will make it real to you. And that is when you possess. The third thing is this. To be enlightened to the power, the exceeding greatness of His power working in you who believe in you. That means God wants you to be enlightened to how powerful you are. Because many of you are just looking at yourself and saying, oh, Pastor, I'm so weak. Pastor, oh, Pastor, pray for me. Pastor. See? You need to awaken to how powerful you are in the Spirit. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And it's this power that is greater than any demonic powers, even over Satan himself, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. God has raised Jesus with that power. The same power is in you. And if you know that power, you will not give up. You will never see yourself as weak. You know, as a pastor, many times we, ah, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We counsel people. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Never give up, never give up. You see, I do my part. I do that, and the other pastors do that. But that will never strengthen you. We do that because as we counsel you, the Holy Spirit is working within you. And as you pray, the Spirit will enlighten you that there's a power at work within you. That's why in chapter 3, Verse 16. This is the same prayer. It's continued in chapter 3, verse 16 onwards. 
Paul talks about to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. As you pray, the Holy Spirit works in your heart to strengthen you. Many times I've come to God complaining, crying, weeping. But as I prayed, one hour of prayer, and I'm like, hey, it's okay. Everything will be fine. I'm not going to give up. You know, in James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is any man suffering? Any one of you suffering? What's the instruction? Call the pastor? No. Is anyone of you suffering? Let him? Let him? Come on, let me hear loud. Let him? Pray. How can I pray, pastor? I'm suffering. Ah, you got it wrong. When you are suffering is when you need to pray. But pastor, I cannot pray. I'm suffering. That's when you need to pray. Pray when you are weak. Pray. Oh, pray is only for strong people. Who told you? You see, because when you pray with all your weaknesses, with all your suffering, as you are praying, the Holy Spirit is working within you and He exchanges that weakness with His strength. You may go in suffering, but you will come out shouting. But pastor, I'm not holy enough. How can I pray? Ah, good question. When you are not holy is when you need to pray. Prayer is not for holy people. Who told you prayer is for holy people? Prayer is when you feel the dirtiest, when you feel the unholiest, when you feel the unworthiest to pray is when you need to pray. Come boldly to the throne of grace, the Bible says. It's not a throne of judgment. See, we thought only holy people can pray and God speaks only to holy people. You got it wrong. You don't understand the grace of God. Pastor, I'm unholy. I'm struggling with these wrong desires, with this sin. Good. Pray. Because as you pray, God will remove that from you. As you pray, God will transform you. As you pray, the Spirit of God will work. Don't let any sin in your life disqualify you in your thinking not to pray. That's the devil speaking to you. That's the devil deceiving you, making you think through your own feelings, through your own thoughts, not to make you pray. Why do we have people sometimes in church, some people, some people, it's because of inferiority in your heart. You are not loud in your prayer. You're not faith filled in your prayer because of insecure, inferiority. That inferiority comes from your own worth of yourself. You think that you are not holy enough. You think that you're not good enough to pray. Tell me, is anyone good enough for God to listen to your prayer? Anyone? Not even me. Am I good enough to be on the stage? No. Am I good enough to be the pastor of this church? No, I'm only doing this by the grace of God. It's His calling. So what stops you from praying with faith, boldly, loudly? Nothing but your mind. God's not stopping you. It's just your mind. Your mind that has not believed the truth yet. So you need to be enlightened. Enlightened to how righteous you are, how loved you are, how forgiven you are, so that you can come boldly to the throne of grace and pray. And as you're praying, the Spirit of God works. Oh, I tell you, it's so beautiful. 
when the Spirit of God works. Even this land being made available to us and us possessing it is a result of prayer. I was not expecting that we would get it so soon. I was just praying, 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 living to the Lord. But as we were praying and attending this, I was just humbling myself to the Lord, His time, His purposes. And two days after we finished attendance of prayer, I get this guy who visits me in my house early in the morning, disturbing my sleep, and says, Oh, Eklamati Paisudo, Lobuna no Lobo. Pansobi Divina Lob on the side. I was like, Maybe the blessing also comes with a little bit of inconvenience. <laughs> I said, Okay, let's go see the land. And then we went to see the land, and it was good. Our leaders went, we all felt peace. How? Prayer. Prayer is the place where you begin to see God's activity. God will begin to move in your life. But don't pray because you want God to move in your life. Pray because you must pray. Essentially, because you love God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand to your feet. We're going to pray for the next one hour. Please lock the doors. Ushers, we have many living sacrifices here. They jump out of the altar and go home quickly. Okay? Hallelujah. Are you guys ready to pray up there? So we're going to pray the Ephesians prayer. I didn't have time to finish it, but maybe in the future. Number one, we're going to pray, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep, personal, and intimate knowledge of God. Okay? That's the first prayer. Come, let's enter in with praise and thanksgiving. And then I'll give you the points as we go ahead. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Father, we worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we exalt you. Father, we magnify you. Father, we exalt your holy name. For you are God and there is no one like you. Father, we bless you, Lord. Father, we are hungry for more of you. We want to know more of you, Lord. We want to see more of your grace in our lives. Father, as a people, we are hungry, Lord God, to enter into deep and personal and intimate knowledge of you, Lord God. Father, we desire just to be with you, just to know you, Lord God. Hallelujah. More than the victories, the miracles, the blessings, Lord. We desire to know you, Lord. So, Father, I pray for myself and I pray for this church and I pray for those watching online that, Lord, you would give us the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give us, give me, O oh Lord, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Lord God. Father, Lord, give me Lord, release upon me, Lord God, by your grace, Lord God. Father, give me, O oh Lord, oh, a spirit, Lord, that from deep in my heart, Lord God, oh, that I would know you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And that I would know, Lord God, and have a revelation of your characteristics, your nature, Lord, about who you truly are, Lord God. Father, my heart's desire is to go deeper, go more personal, to go more intimate in my relationship with you, O oh Lord of God. Oh, Lord God, to know you, to know you, Lord, to know you.
even as Moses spoke with you face to face, and even as Abraham spoke with you face to face, Lord God, Father, my heart's desire is to speak to you face to face as your friend, O Lord. Come on, pray boldly. Pray boldly. He hears your prayers. This is God's will for your life. And this is what He wants for your life. Oh Lord, flood our hearts with revelation about your love, revelation about your power, and revelation about your grace, revelation about Lord, hallelujah, your almightiness, your power, Lord God. Flood our hearts, Lord God, with knowledge that only the Holy Spirit can give us, oh Lord. Only what the Spirit of God can work within us, oh Lord of God. Oh, we pray this, oh Lord of God. Oh, Rianda na Marianda da Broko Basto. Sam Rianda ne Barike da Broko Basto. Father, heart's desires to know you, Lord. To know you, to know you, to know you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Sham Rianda la Barike na Shita la Barike da. The second thing that we're going to pray for is about the hope of His calling. We're going to pray, Lord, enlighten us in the very core of our being by the Holy Spirit that we may know the calling of God, the purpose of God upon our lives, that we may know the inheritance we have in Christ. Enlighten me, Lord, to the truth the treasure that I have. And also, Lord, show me by your Spirit the power that is at work in me. So these three things. I want you to pray out God's purpose for your life. I want you to pray. Lay down your life and say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. Proverbs 3 verse 5. I trust in you with all my heart. I acknowledge you, Lord, in these decisions. Direct my steps. We're going to pray that even for your wife or your husband, the future one. All right, not the changed one. Future one. All right about your career, your studies, you're going to surrender that to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a will for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And you can pray that out. Ask the Lord to show you, to, to, to direct your steps, to put the right desires in your heart. Oh, this is the most important. Oh, this is the most important. Oh, shidalabari yande de bro kori yande de Hallelujah. Come on, come on, pray, pray, pray. Oh, Father, we pray that you will enlighten us by the light of the Holy Spirit flooding the eyes of our understanding, flooding the eyes of our heart, Lord, with the hope of your calling. Father, my heart's desire is to know what I am called for, even in the days to come, to know what this church is called for, even in the days to come. Father, I know that, Lord, you have plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope, Lord God. So, Father, we pray, we seek you with all our heart. And, Father, I pray that you remove the wrong desires from 
my heart. You will remove the wrong ideas, the wrong plans from my heart. And I pray that Lord, you will release what is godly desires. You will release your will in my heart, oh Lord. Even as I lay my heart on the altar of prayer. And I ask you, Lord God, hallelujah, have your way in my life. Come on, tell the Lord, have your way in my life, oh Lord of oh God. Father, do your will in my life, oh Lord of oh God. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Father, I lay my life down again and I say, Lord, let your purpose alone be fulfilled. That is the greatest treasure of my life, to fulfill your will and your purpose, even for this church, oh Lord of oh God, to go to the nations, to establish churches in the other parts of India, in, in Myanmar. Father, Lord, let your will be done. Let your purpose be fulfilled. Father, bring whoever needs to be a part of this vision. Bring whoever needs to come and partner with us, O oh Lord of oh God. Father, bring those people, O oh Lord of oh God, as we journey with you by faith, O oh Lord of oh God. And Father, I pray that you will enlighten our hearts to the riches of our inheritance oh lord oh that we will know that your people will know that the church will know even right now that they are healed by the stripes of jesus that they would know they have authority in the name of jesus that they would know that the blood of jesus covers them they would know the spirit of god lives within them they would know that they have access into the presence of god hallelujah by a new and living way through the blood of jesus christ oh that we would know lord that we are already blessed by in every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that we would know our identity and rise up to be sons and daughters of God in authority oh in dominion walking on this earth with faith oh Lord of God oh hallelujah my prayer oh Lord of God is that everyone within the sound of my voice will stand perfectly and completely in all the will of God for their lives oh Lord of God that everyone will be fruitful in the gifts, the talents, the abilities that you have given to them. In the government, that they will be fruitful. Oh Lord, in business, that they will be fruitful. Oh Lord, in the school, in the college, that they will be fruitful, oh Lord. Oh, in social work, that they will be fruitful. As mothers and fathers, that they will fulfill their purpose, oh Lord of oh God. Oh, riande na And Father, I pray that you will awaken us, enlighten us to the power that is at work within us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, that same power Lord, I pray will work in your believers, oh Lord, within this church, Lord God. Let the power of God be at work, oh Lord of God. Oh Mariande Lina Mariande the Barikeda. Strengthen us with might through your Holy Spirit, oh Lord, in the inner being. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Are you weak? Pray. Are you suffering? Pray. Can you not sleep? Pray. Hallelujah. Anyone of you want to cry? Pray. Hallelujah. Anyone of you feeling lonely? Pray. Are you feeling bored? Pray. Hallelujah. Oh, Zimalabari and Namarigana. Ask for the work of the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Oh, on the inside. To strengthen you. Oh, Zimalabari and Namari and the Barikeda. Sorry, and the Are you confused? Pray. 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 Are you weak? Pray. Come on, pray, pray, pray. 
Oh, Zema, no one is disqualified from prayer. No one is disqualified from lifting up your heart to the Lord. Zori ambre kibale vesto. Zomri mamale masto bari andeda. Zori andeda marikana. Anyone need wisdom? Pray. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give liberally. Oh, God will give liberally. Oh, zibla bari andeda mari ande. Anyone need ideas for your business? Pray. Oh, anyone frustrated with your son, with your daughter? Pray, pray. Just bring them to the Lord. Ask the Lord to enlighten them by the power of the Spirit. Lord, let your will and your purposes be fulfilled in this church. Hallelujah. Even for the Bible school land, we pray. Father, I pray that you would release provision to build uh, world-class facilities in that Bible school land, O oh Lord. Father, we believe that, Lord, pastors will be trained up, leaders will be trained up, students will be trained up, O oh Lord God. Believers will be trained up in that place. Hallelujah. Father, we believe, Lord God, that you will use us to raise up an army, O oh Lord, an army, an army of the Lord, that the dry bones in Nagaland, all oh, the dry bones in Nagaland will come alive. The dry bones in Nagaland will awaken and they'll become a mighty army of the Lord. Oh, Zibalabari, Ande, the Balabari, Zemri Mamashto, Let that Bible school become a place of resurrection. Oh, the dry bones to be resurrected. Oh, hallelujah. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-5684-533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.